Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. So glad you are here. Happy Labor Day as we lean into this uh, last big weekend of summer and begin to think about fall. We know school's already started, but we certainly are glad you're here. And if this is your first time, we want to say a special welcome to you and would ask you to do us a favor by clicking on the digital connection card or leaving a comment in the chat. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, scroll to the bottom and you'll find a link there with a connection card that you can leave a prayer request and your email address and we'd be happy to even answer a question you might have about who we are as Linden Road or just a question of faith you might have in this crazy season that we're in. We know lots of people today that are asking questions and so we want to try to be helpful in that. And we certainly hope it's not your last time so again we're glad you're here and if this is your spiritual home we say welcome to you and we're grateful too that you're here with us this weekend. I want to share with you first that today in the building we're collecting items for the need-based store at Malabar. It's a way for us to partner with one of our teachers here in the building, Lyndon Sheldon, and in particular it's a way to, to allow students who have gotten rewards for doing good work to not only simply get prizes but also be able to purchase things through their good rewards so that it's not a handout but actually a hand up. Simple things like hygiene products and if you'd help us by making a donation, there is a link here in the worship notes. You can make your gift. We'll go shopping for you next week. And again, we're grateful we can partner that way. And then I'm excited to share with you that we did have the dedication on Thursday for the Jericho Wall. It was an amazing turnout of all sorts of different community leaders and such a, an important milestone. We read the names of more than three dozen individuals who had lost their lives through addiction but want to give pause in the moment to help celebrate those lives and to know that, that each person was valued by God. And even though in their brokenness, they turned to some things that took their life, we want to be supportive in our community at this time. And so I'm excited for the Jericho Wall, an incredible morning. And we're going to have another one of those mornings in the, about a month from now as we celebrate the opening of the pavilion. As I shared last week, we ran into a little snag with the building permits people, and so it's all coming together, but we had to submit a drawing that was approved by an architect, and that's been done, and, and now we're just waiting on the details to come together and then the actual work. And our team of volunteers that's putting the pavilion up, and the pavilion has been paid for through the generosity of some 28 agencies here in our community in partnership through the Mental Health Recovery Board just to make a statement that we are here for them. And I'm excited for how we as the faith community can be a part of that. And if you would like to be part of the Jericho Wall, we're continuing to raise monies for what needs to be done in the future. Uh, we want to enhance the website to be able to create a, a list of names there with the stories of people who, what they meant to their family and to celebrate that they were uh, created in the image of a holy God and that there was a life that they lived and and that, that we can celebrate what God will do through the, their memory. And that link is here in the worship notes if you'd like to be part of that. Or if you have a name you'd like to submit, there's also a link on the website. And you can go to jerichowall.info and all the information is there. So thank you for that. And as we go to worship today, we begin thinking about what it means to labor and the beauty of what labor is for us as God's people and the productive nature of that. We are in week 14 of our series called Unhindered. And we've been looking at the 
book of Acts, which is, as we are reminded, it's Luke's second gospel, if you will. It's his sequel to his gospel of Luke, where he chronicles the whole story of what takes place in the early church, right after the ascension of Jesus, after the resurrection, and then the Holy Spirit comes and empowers us. And then as we journey through uh, the growth of the church through those early days and those early years, and then finally we get to the final verse, and we've been circling that verse these many weeks, where Luke says to us as he looks at Paul and reminds us that Paul, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And as we looked at the early church and saw its growth, we've tried over these many weeks to connect it to how God is using the church today in this new season that we find ourselves in, in coming out of the global pandemic and trying to understand how do we take the message and hope of the gospel in a practical way to those that are broken and disconnected. And the last number of weeks, we've looked at how do we share our faith? Because I believe that's the part that really is uh, such a stretch for so many people. And I've attempted to give you some practical tools in partnership with our friends, uh, Greg Steer and the folks at Dare to Share. Cool app we looked at, The Life in Six Words, and there's a link to that here in the worship notes. And last week we talked about the cause circle. And actually Greg and his team has retitled the Great Commission as the cause, that that's what we're all about, the cause to which we're working towards, which laid out three simple steps on how we uh, share our faith through prayer, through care, and then through share, and how that's the journey for each of us. And this week, I want to use another example from The Chosen. But in the first season, one of the things they did was to allow us to meet a number of the men and women that we read about in Scripture, the ones that followed Jesus. We, we meet Mary Magdalene and Peter and James and John and Matthew and many others. And then in season two, uh, episode two, we get an opportunity to meet uh, one of the disciples. We don't know a lot about him, but his story today is going to be the center of uh, what we want to look at. Uh, you might know that he was one of the 12 disciples. His name is Nathaniel. But it's understandable if we don't know much because the scriptures don't reveal a lot. And so there is some license here that our friends at The Chosen have unpacked. And I think it gives some perspective. In fact, it's awfully hard to forget the first moment Nathaniel shows up in the story, which then also serves as the first moment that Jesus shows up in Nathaniel's life. And The Chosen series has captured beautifully in this particular episode two of season two, that shows the story together. And to set the scene for you throughout this whole episode, what we do learn is that Nathaniel has long been convinced that he was called to build a synagogue for the worship of God. And it's interesting, there's one scene where he's in the conversation, Nathaniel, with a bartender. And Nathaniel, as he sits there, talks about the death of the architect in him. He shares of his struggle to rise to the position and his passion for building synagogues out of his devotion to God. It's sort of his life calling, if you will. And we don't find that part of, the, of his story in the Bible, but it is a creative interpretation that helps to better understand as how Jesus uh, sees Nathaniel. And we'll look at that here now. 
So the scene I want to share with you, let me set it up. It's just after Nathaniel's plans have totally fallen apart. And he is disappointed. He's disappointed in himself. And he's also disappointed in God. And so he makes his way to a fig tree, which is somewhere just outside this town. And he basically collapses at the foot of the tree against its trunk. And so let's check out this clip. Blessed are you. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. Here is Israel, the Lord is one God. The Lord is one. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. not hide your face from me. Do you see me? Do you see me? Now in this scene, we hear him cry out in despair. And he actually quotes Psalm 102, verses 1 and 2. I think many of us have cried this prayer. And if you haven't cried it yet, you may in the days ahead. But hear these words. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. In the day when I call, answer me quickly. Now, the larger context of this story that we see here, it's based on a scene in John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. I know we just watched 
this story of Nathanael and Jesus. Let's listen to it uh, here in the scriptures. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and he said to him, come follow me. And Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And then he said, I tell you the truth, you will see all heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the son of man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. And what I want to say is this, as we think about Nathaniel, is that what's true about Nathaniel, I believe, is also true about us, about each of us as human beings and the story that God is writing in our lives. And it begins first with this idea, as we look at this particular passage from John, that we all cry out to be seen by God. We want to be known. In fact, John has here twice where he says, how do you know about me, Nathaniel asked, verse 48 here. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Or verse 50, Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Now, I think it's interesting here that there's a reason why the writers of The Chosen didn't leave out the detail about Nathaniel sitting under a fig tree because that's an important detail for us to see. It's no small thing. As we understand it, in those days, fig trees were traditionally set apart as what we would call a sacred space. It was a place where people could go to study and reflect on the things of God. And I think, too, to pray in some pretty raw ways. Now, maybe you can say it this way, that a fig tree was a quiet place to get loud with God. Even when we read about David's life, we know there were many times where in his journey particularly in the Psalms. There's many Psalms of lament and many songs of crying out to God about where he is and to have him show up. And so as we see Nathaniel here, and we think about this particular time in his life, what's happened here is the storyline is written is that he's watched his dreams figuratively burn away to ash. And then he's gonna soon see it take place in a literal sense. So we saw in the video and when he cries out from underneath the fig tree, we can see that he has a sense of bewilderment at how God is working. So what we can see here is his disappointment with God. And you can also see that there is a deep pain when it appears as though God is not answering him. He even asks the question, do you see me? Now, I think what Nathaniel is asking, and it seems like a genuine question, at the same time, the silence of not an answer is deafening, right? Now, the truth is, in our culture, we don't really gather under fig trees anymore. But I do think, if we're honest, that there are times where maybe we sit in the front seat of our car, or we sit at a coffee shop, or maybe even right in our own living room. Here we are, hundreds of years later, 
And I think many of us still make our quiet places to get loud with God. And I think that's important. Even this week, I had a conversation with a new friend uh, that had reached out for some help. And as we were talking, he's a young father, just trying to figure out in this season what life looks like and has been hurt by the church and his family's been hurt by the church and is really disillusioned with what the church is all about. And I think there are many people as we talk about the nuns and the duns and I can leave a link here to the Barna survey and the conversations I've had on Heartfelt Radio with Mark and Gabe about these very issues. And I think all of us need a sacred spot to go and cry out so that we have a sense that we've been seen by God as we lay out a dream or a hope that we have that seems to have burned away to ash. So let me ask a question for you, if you'd be willing to share. Where do you go to be heard and to be seen by God? What's your quiet spot? Where, what is your go-to place? I know for me, it's early in the morning at my home. Uh, in the summertime, I love to sit on the back deck after Melinda's gone to work with my coffee and scripture and my iPad as I read, just trying to connect with and have a deeper sense of what God's doing. And I know when life is busy and I get out of the rhythm of doing those things that the rest of my day sort of goes south in a, in a negative sort of way. And then I wonder, just in your own story, have you been there lately? I know I've been on the deck here the last couple weeks uh, trying to think through some things as we ponder what the rest of the year looks like. And I'm wondering, as if we're willing to be honest, even if you want to ponder it here for a moment, do you have a dream or a desire or a hope that seems to be going up in smoke, that seems to be turning to ash? And then do you wonder, like Nathaniel, whether or not God sees you? We cry out to be seen by God. And then the second point here today is that God cries out through Jesus so that he might be seen by us. Now, again, let's look at the scripture. As they approached, Jesus said, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity, how do you know about me, Nathaniel asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. And then Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth. You will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the son of man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. That phrase I saw you while you were still under the fig tree. Those words from Jesus to Nathaniel had to cut him quick, right? It's like, how did you see me? When did you see me? And I think it gives pause as we think about that we don't live in a vacuum, that God is very much present, right? And that God did see Nathaniel as his uh, dreams burned to ash. And so in and through Jesus, and even in and through the burning away of those dreams, God wanted Nathaniel to see him. God wanted Nathaniel to see that he was going to be there for him. And then God, I think, too, also wanted Nathaniel to see that there was a call that was greater than the building of a local synagogue. Many of us have been uh, in what my friends Mark and Gabe call the hallway, where life comes at us and all of a sudden, for some, we find ourselves without a job or in a broken relationship and how we're wondering, why are we out here and what are we waiting on? 
And yet, when we look at it from a top-down view, you know, sort of the helicopter, and maybe it's even a 30,000-foot view of how God has been working in our lives. And so what in Nathaniel's story we see here is that God wanted Nathaniel to answer the call to simply follow him so that great things would take place, that prayers and songs, and that even something might take place to bring people closer to God. And so again, I want to say that as it is true for Nathaniel, it is true for us that we are seen by God. But the question we have to answer, right, is the second one is, but do we see God? Do we see him there in Jesus, even at work now in our lives? Do we see his handiwork in what he's doing? Uh, even the song Waymaker that we've sung many times that this idea to be reminded that even when we don't see him, he's working. And the question we have to wrestle through is, are we allowing God to do that good work in us through his Holy Spirit? Because again, we go back to this pivotal verse we've been walking through these many weeks, is that the gospel is going forward without any hindrance and that God will accomplish his end. Now, I guess too, we have to think about it in the moment because I'm sure all of us have a dream, a hope, a desire that seems to be turning to ash, that's burning up right in front of us. And many of us believe these ideas, and, and many of us believe that the dream or the hope, or the plan we have is a good one, but we need to see that in God's economy, in God's providence, that it's good for it to burn away for a better dream to come, that God's ways are better than our ways, we're reminded, right? And we believe deeply that there's something that God wants to do through each and every one of us. Because it's got to be God's dream for us. It's got to be his purpose and his end, not just our own. And so the challenge is, thinking about Nathaniel's story, is will we be willing to allow God to burn away that dream, to burn and turn things to ash, so he can build on and take things to a whole new level? Again, we cry out to be seen by God. And then God cries out through Jesus so that he might be seen by us. And this third point is today is that God cries out through us so that he might be seen by others. Again, John chapter 1 says this, The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come follow me. And Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth exclaimed, Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. So we need to see here about the journey that we're all on. And that's part of why we're spending time looking at these things in a practical sort of way of talking about these great stories in scripture that it then gives us context to our own life and our own story. Because we see here, we're talking about Nathaniel and he is the heart of our story today. But we also need to know that Philip played a big part in this because without Philip, there wouldn't be any Nathaniel in the story. What happens here? Philip discovers the truth about just who Jesus is. And the scriptures tell us that he found Nathaniel and told him. And so when Nathaniel's only response is cynicism, Philip comes right back and says, well, come and see. So what I want us to see here is that God cries out through us so that he might be seen by others. That's a core understanding we need to have, that our lives matter, that our stories matter. The things we've pushed through can be used uh, to grow the kingdom, 
as in Nathaniel's story, he is pulled into this work by the end of the scripture. And at the end of the scene from The Chosen, he has been seen and he has now seen. And so the time has come for him to invite others to come and see that that's what it's all about. That's what it is the encouragement for you and I. And I know for many of us, we're, we're on this journey of faith, right? And many of us often ask of God, do you see me? And God then asks of us, do you see me and how I'm working? And once we do these things together, then we see that he sees us. And as he sees us, we see that he has long been at work to bring about the best for us, for our story, for what he's doing. That he takes our brokenness and uh, takes and makes beauty out of ashes, right, as the song says. And then God asks us one more question in this journey, is will you help others see me? The big idea for this week is that God not only seeks to do a work in us, but also through us. That we are surrounded by people who are sitting at the base of a fig tree, who are hanging on to the dreams that are burning to ash, that, that it's going up in smoke, and they're not quite sure what to do. And that we have the opportunity and the privilege and the beautiful gift of being able to offer hope to those that are working through these moments. Let me ask you this question. You can put it here in the chat. Who have you seen in your life who is crying out to be seen by God? Who are those people? Even as we think about the Jericho Wall dedication, it's just been interesting as this idea that first was birthed in a common conversation with some people about how do we bring awareness to this plight of addiction and the scourge of drugs in our community and then realize what God can and will do through it and the beautiful stories that have been told and the celebration of lives, even though they were broken, even though they made not the best choices, even bad choices, that it ended up taking their life, that the hope that comes from people giving testimony to what God is doing. And here's where it gets practical again this week is, how can you help them, those that are looking, to see that they are seen? How can you help them see God? Well, first it takes relationships, right? I mean, in many opportunities that we have, it's about building relationships. So it is this idea of what we talked about last week, uh, this uh, cause circle of thinking about the three names of people, not a dozen names, and maybe even one name for you, but who is the one person that you could reach out to even this week? Maybe even here this morning with a text, just to encourage in the opportunity of what's going to in front of them, knowing that life is complicated, know that they are being seen by you and by God, and that you want to help them push through. And now again, we're talking about this cause circle, and it's a simple tool. And there's a link here in the worship notes that you could download it if you'd like to have a copy of it. But it's built around simple three priorities that we talked about last week. And again, just to remind you, it's this idea of prayer and care and share. Prayer is the life breath of all ministry. And and so as we think about those people that we want to talk to them about God, we first pray to God to help us focus on the conversation, that God would send his Holy Spirit to prepare their hearts to hear the good news of Jesus. Let me share a video from our friends at Dare to share about how the cause circle works. Jesus said, just as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. He is sending us to share the good news of the gospel to a lost and broken world. This is the cause Jesus has called us to. 
But one of our challenges is that even though we might have good intentions about sharing this good news with our friends, we oftentimes don't even know how to start. So here's a simple idea to help you be more purposeful about sharing Jesus. It's called the Cause Circle, and it's built around three simple priorities that Jesus lived out in his earthly ministry. These same priorities will help you effectively share your faith. Prayer, care, and share. Let's start with prayer. During his ministry, Jesus often headed off to be alone so he could pray. He knew that before he could talk to people about God, he needed to talk to God about people. And the same is true for us. When we start by praying for those we are seeking to reach, it prepares their hearts to hear the good news of Jesus. But Jesus didn't stop with prayer. He also cared for people's needs. The Gospels are full of examples of Jesus healing the sick, feeding the hungry, and helping the hurting. He wasn't just concerned about their spiritual needs. He cared about their physical, emotional, and relational needs too. He cared for the whole person, not just their souls. In the same way, we must seek to love our unreached friends by listening to them and caring for them. They are not projects, but people. We, like Jesus, must lovingly care for those we seek to reach. And finally, after prayer and care, we must share the gospel message out loud with words. We must lovingly, clearly, and confidently share Jesus' message of grace. And when we invite them to put their faith in Christ, we are inviting them to accept the best gift on the planet, a restored relationship with God. If they say no or not now, we continue with prayer, care, and share. If they say yes to Jesus, we celebrate. And then we help them plug into a good church, grow deeper in their faith, and begin their cause circle of prayer, care, and share with their friends. The Cause Circle gives you a simple way to reach those you know in a thoughtful, caring, and intentional way. Start using this model to help you reach your friends. You'll be surprised at how it will help you follow Jesus' example of prayer, care, and share as you share your faith. So again, it is this idea of prayer and care and share and that we continue to do that. So I want you to think about that person or persons that you can be praying for to have these kinds of conversations and to be reminded like we heard Nathaniel, uh, these words from Psalm 102. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me in the day when I call, answer me quickly. And so let's pray. Father, we do pray as we call out to you, particularly for the names of those that need to know you. We pray that your Holy Spirit would help us care for them and then to be able to share the good news of the life that comes through knowing Jesus. Equip us in that and may we go forward with the boldness to share the gospel unhindered. But help us in doing these things, not to depend upon our own abilities, but to depend upon your faithfulness. And we pray it in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.